Hi there, my name is Mubashra and this is Color Me PR Podcast. Join me in conversation with diverse, inspiring professionals in the media, communications, and creative industries who are breaking barriers and impacting positive change. This podcast is all about being inspired and inspiring others. Welcome to the table. Hello, Emily. Welcome to Color Me PR podcast as the very first guest for season two. It is truly surreal for me to have you here because almost exactly two years ago, I saw you leading a global call at Fleischmann Hillard and I thought, this is the kind of leader I want to see at my organization and this is the kind of person I want to have on the podcast. So thank you for making my dreams come true and joining me as the very first guest for season two of Color Me PR podcast. You have given me such light and life, Mubashara. This is the honor for me. I feel proud and excited and just elated to get into conversation with you. Finally, this is going to be good. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, listeners, though she may not need it, allow me to share a brief introduction for our guest today. Emily K. Graham is the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer and Senior Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion Communications at Omnicom. She's also an adjunct professor for the master's level cross-cultural communications course at the University of Oklahoma, and a board member with the American Advertising Federation and the Institute for Public Relations. She was profiled on LinkedIn's popular hashtag How I Got Here series. She's been featured in Forbes, Essence, PR Week, and The Homes Report now provoke news. She's been named one of PR Week's 40 Under 40 in 2021 and one of PR News's top women in PR in 2020. These are just to name a few of her many accolades. Emily has been providing reputational and strategic communications counsel for over 15 years, and as an inclusion, equity, and diversity champion, She spearheads culturally relevant strategies internally as a senior strategist and externally for clients to ensure businesses reflect the world we live in and are rooted in purpose. Emily, incredibly excited to have you on today, and let's get right into it. Thank you. I need that bio so I can take it with me (laughs) everywhere. That was good. I was like, who is that? All right, so let's start with a look at DEI communications. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, really central to the work that you do and have done for many years. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel that this area and this specific role has evolved over the last two to three years, especially? There was a time in my career where I did not have confidence in having diversity and inclusion in a title, in a bio let alone in an expertise. And that time wasn't that long ago. And the reason why is because it felt like a place people put you to not be strategic, Mm -hmm. to not be business connected, to not be thoughtful or serious to what we're doing. It was a thing that people put to you to make stuff feel good, right? Mm -hmm. It was all emotion-centered. And if you happen to be a person from an underrepresented community and you had DNI connected to it, woo, I wanted to stay away from that. So that was just three years ago. I 
have fully embraced, uh, belong, love, and couldn't imagine not having diversity, equity, inclusion center to not only my role as a global head of DEI, but as a communicator. Mm-hmm. It has become a few things. The fact that curriculums at the top universities in the country in U.S. are responsible for teaching communicators around diversity and inclusion. Now, like you have to take a course to graduate as a proficiency. That tells me it's important. Mm-hmm. And that came after George Floyd's murder. And then two, the fact that communications around diversity and inclusion has become so centric to the reputation and value and purpose of a business. People could say that about ESG. You could say that about CSR. But now you must say it about DEI. And I see way many more practitioners, companies creating entire divisions and teams of people in total advisory around diversity and inclusion, not just marketing strategy, not just advertising strategy, but cohesive end-to-end communication strategy. And that is a huge deal. Absolutely. I love how this work touches every aspect of the business as well. It has to for it to really be successful. Mm -hmm. So coming into Black History Month now, and especially considering some of the recent events, we are chatting the weekend after the video cam footage um, was released of Tyree Nichols and the assault on him. It's been a really tough weekend. And honestly, it's just been a tough couple many years since media has really started reporting on these events. But I think there are a lot of folks who are engaging with DEI communications work or are providing counsel and maybe feeling a lot of pressure in this moment hmm. to counsel how to respond to this, but also just to deal with this personally as professionals. Hmm. So what is something that you, for one, would advise some of our allies that they can do to help us through this time, but also how they can support those that are doing the DEI work and and still having to engage with these tough discussions and moments. You know, we were on a call this this morning and we heard people sharing that they wanted to not have to watch those videos, but just the way that that content has been shared online and the way that it's been made public is just there's no way of avoiding it and you have to confront that and that's tough. We had, I think the call you're referring to is nearly at one point, nearly a thousand team members across Omnicom join a call hosted by our employee resource group called Black Together. That is unimaginable. Mm -hmm. And when I took this job two years ago, that community didn't even exist. It was created in February of 2021 because I wanted to have a Black employee town hall. And I was just thinking to myself, Why don't we just get everyone to meet each other virtually? Well, now that's become this powerful community. You asked me a few things and I'll answer them, which is what can allies do? We had a lot of allies show up to that call. They showed up. They listened thoughtfully. They asked questions and they just shared space. They didn't take it all up. Mm -hmm. They didn't make assumptions. They didn't course correct. And you know what they did with us is they sat in the discomfort of the ugliness of what has happened. That is huge allyship and that takes courage. The other thing when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion strategists and practitioners, it feels like you're chasing an ambulance sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in the most respectful way, given that we're talking about loss of life in some instances. 
in one week, last week, we had mass shootings in California, Des Moines, Baton Rouge, Israel, and then we had the video release of Tyree Nichols. If you are a person who is leading DNI strategy, counseling clients, in a chief diversity inclusion officer role, it is heavy on your heart. It is heavy on your mind. It is different than other areas of our practice as a communicator. You can't go to bed at night and just turn off. Mm-hmm. This stays with you. You don't want to watch these videos because it's harmful, but you need to know as much information as possible about what's happened so you can advise, so that you can inform. And that's where it becomes difficult. So if you are in these roles and you're on the front lines, I want you to try and center your peace. Take in the information you must consume to understand the culture and what's happening. Be mindful of what resources you read. Mm -hmm. Truly be mindful of what you watch. And we've already learned through research anecdotally and true research that has been done after George Floyd's murder that these incidences trigger depression and anxiety in communities of color, especially Black people, as soon as they hear about them. And we are functioning in that state. So take time to protect your space. Give yourself permission not to engage in things that are harmful to you. Tap your team members. This is why I strongly believe that people of underrepresented communities can also be the only DEI practitioners at their businesses. Mm-hmm. You need to tap to other people who can be resources and allies and stand in this work with you so that I can tag out, right? And you can tag in. And allies, continue to show up and tell somebody else. If your allyship work stays in the community, that's not enough. I need you to go back to your community and show what true allyship looks like when it comes down to advocacy, confronting ignorance, confronting biases, and just being that champion that it becomes second nature for you to be an ally in those times. That is really, really helpful advice. Uh, and I hope that our listeners will share what they feel they need from our allies as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've graduated right before the economic crash in 2008. What advice would you have for some of those young folks now who are emerging into their industries, be it media, communications, who are starting their careers during times of crises like the COVID-19 pandemic or global social unrest? You know, what's so interesting is we talk about that 2007, 2008 timeframe when there was a financial crisis and recession looming and then realized. We're kind of thinking about that now. That's what the headlines are saying, right? I felt like at that time, I had all the information. I had studied corporate communications, public affairs. I had taken financial comms courses. I had done internships. Like This was like Eureka, the perfect alignment of my skills, my expertise, and my desire. When my career got redefined during COVID-19, it was because I decided to take a bet and move away from the space I had been doing for so many years mm-hmm. and really invest in diversity and inclusion proudly. I just told you I had been ashamed. I had been asked in 2018 before I was promoted to partner at Fleischman Hillard to co-lead the financial services sector in the Americas. I got a phone call. I don't even know if I've ever talked about this before publicly. I got a phone call from my boss at the time and he said, "M." Are you sure you don't want to launch a DNI practice in New York? Are you sure you don't want to focus on that? Because you have some really good ideas that we've talked about. I think you could be stellar. 
Mm-hmm. That press release was going out the next day. And I said, no, no, I don't, I'll still do it. It'll be a part of what I do, but I really want to focus on the financial services stuff. Mm-hmm. What if I had taken him up on that and had really honed in? The timing wasn't right. In 2020, when we were home with COVID, looking around, invested, doom scrolling, bored, <laughs> I was unsettled. And at that point, didn't know a crisis was looming. We knew one that we could see there was a pandemic we couldn't see, mm-hmm. that racial and social justice was coming to a head of that me building mosaic was born. We'll talk about that. For these young people, you never know when the time will come that your passions, your purpose meet. It's kismet. It was for me. It's happened to me twice so far in a career of 15 years, and I believe it'll happen again. What I want you to do, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That means walk in your purpose and alignment and what you love now. Find what brings you energy. Find what you're good at now. Mm-hmm. Find a job that lets you do those things and find people you can do those things with. Mm-hmm. Because when it is time to move, you don't have to go super far to start walking in that purpose. And when that purpose and that passion aligns with your expertise, it is like you are on a rocket ship. It goes so fast and so far, you won't even believe it's happening to you. I believe that for every professional. Don't be daunted by the crises see the opportunity in it. Also, last thing, complacency is the enemy of success. Yeah. If you have a stirring in your spirit to do this, start these podcast conversations like you've done, which is incredible, bringing to the forefront the idea that DNI doesn't have to sit in multicultural moments or crises, but can be a centerpiece of business strategy. If you have an idea, you can change the world or change someone's world. Mm-hmm. Either or, you're still changing. And that to me is what people in this space have to be used to. The only constant is that change, that unsettledness in your spirit, that greatness that's ahead of you. And that is where I think I'm excited about the future generation, excited about their careers and the arcs of them, because you're living in a constant state of flux and everything that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I would add to that is how important the human connection piece is. And for me, in my journey, again, I graduated in 2020. So I I started my career virtually during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the biggest game changers was having strong mentors Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. friends that where there were moments where I felt like I needed that extra boost of confidence. I have incredible mentors. Trisha is one of them, Trisha Newell. And she, from day one, has been the person to remind me of what I'm capable of and that there are ways to be successful in the work that we're passionate about. So I love what you said about staying ready. Um, That is definitely going to be my mantra for this year. (laughs) Good. I love that. I wanted to cover tips for young people as they're starting their career. And you've definitely shared a couple of those. I know in the past you've talked about challenging your imposter voice. But I'd also really like to talk about what the value of professional awards and accolades Mm -hmm. is, because I think a lot of young people are hesitant to go out for those opportunities and apply for awards or recognition, even though they're doing really great work and they're getting that feedback from their teams. But it's just that extra level of 
I think maybe helping them understand why these things can really boost your reputation. I don't know if I'm a best case study for this because the first thing that was ever written about me pretty publicly was an article in Forbes about breaking the black glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. And this happened when I was an SVP at Fleischmann and it was a favor to a mentee of mine who had gotten on as a contributor at Forbes and she called me right after the holidays and said, I need a huge favor. I was like, I'm about to get on a plane to Cuba for vacation. Oh my God. I need you to do this interview for me because it's my first piece. The person I had backed out and you're the person I know who could like give me good content. Can you I send you questions? Can you write the interview? And I was like, so I'm on the plane, like writing a iPhone note, sending it to her. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that changed my life. That piece got picked up. It got read by some very important people who are still in my life. It led to someone reading about that Mm -hmm. and recommending me to LinkedIn, who then write it, do a piece about my career. And I told LinkedIn, I'm a normal, everyday, schmegler, regular girl (laughs) from Texas. You don't want me featured. But after that, and that was imposter syndrome that I had, that my story wasn't valuable, that I didn't need to be out there talking about myself, that I was a PR person. We're behind the scenes. But when I was forced, everything else kind of opened itself up. Awards, accolades, it started to come together. Young people, don't be ashamed. Stand in your purpose. Stand in your greatness. If you are being selected or heralded for something you've done, be humble, be grateful, but be proud. Go after those awards and accolades. If your company is nominating people, you're not on the short list. If you want to be, maybe raise your hand. If there are things that you can self-nominate for, go after it, but pay it forward. Nominate a friend. Mm-hmm. Send an award, a submission to a friend and say, hey, I just thought of you for this. You would be phenomenal. Those are the things that I think make us especially people from underrepresented communities, start to get due. Both of those things with Forbes and LinkedIn and many things afterward, I didn't know any of these people. Mm -hmm. They just reached out to me and said, I think you'd be great. After people began reading about my story, I began feeling worthy of telling it. Yeah. Everyone is worthy of sharing their story. Yeah. Even if it's just the three people, you could change somebody's world. So go after it. Don't be reticent. Don't feel like it as bragging. See it as you standing in your achievements and being proud of the work that you've done. And that's how we lift our community up. Absolutely. My first uh, industry award was right out of college. The International Association of Business Communicators has their largest chapter in Toronto. Mm -hmm. Every year they do a student of the year award. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had heard about this award through the program and and through a program director who was encouraging students from day one of the program that, you know, this is something you should work towards and apply for. Mm -hmm. And when the time came, I did apply for it. And then it almost like left my brain completely because I felt like I hadn't seen anyone that looked like me in previous winners. And I, for me, it was almost like the application process was so therapeutic in and of itself that I felt like I'd already gotten so much out of that. And then I had kind of just let it go from my mind. And then when I got the call that I had received the award, Student of the Year Award in 2020, it was just such an incredible experience. I basically felt like I was walking through a whole new door and connecting with this IEBC community that ended up leading to further award opportunities and 
actually every position that I've had so far has been kind of an indirect result of that award. I shared that on LinkedIn. It had that credibility. Industry professionals, leaders reached out to me because they saw that recognition. And then that was able to help me sort of really kickstart my career. People don't always realize you don't just have to be nominated for them. There's a lot that you can apply for. That's right. Just, you know, having that confidence to go out and, and do that. Didn't you also get an award from Provoke last year? <laughs> I did. The inaugural Young Changemakers Award. I was just blown away. That is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. And another great example of just when you first, for me, at least when I first started in the industry, I obviously had big hopes and dreams for what my career would be, but I had no idea just how big this world of PR and communications is. I had no idea about any of these bigger organizations like Provoke or PR Week and how they bring together professionals from every corner of this industry. Mm -hmm. And so these awards have really just opened up my mind to like realize there's an incredible wealth of knowledge and opportunities out there if you're open to them. And and I also honestly believe in saying things out loud, what you want and like saying it out loud. I love that. Thank you. I also really want to know mm-hmm. what it would take to work with you. <laughs> what are some of the qualities that you look for in your team members? Um, because that's what I want us, you know, as young professionals to work towards as well. I love an ambitious dreamer. I like people who think big, but have the execution capability to roll up their sleeves and do it. I love people who challenged thinking, who are curious, and who want to work across different things. I believe that part of the work requires me and us to learn from different people. I don't want to be the person who walks in the room with all the answers. Mm -hmm. I have a team, phenomenal team of Omnicom, our open diversity, equity, inclusion leaders. We have more than 55 now. i inherited this team and I had about 21 team members and now there's almost 60 and I've only been in the job two years. The people that I work with feel comfortable sending me an email, pushing back, asking me a question, sharing space. Mm -hmm. It's we're equitable over here and I need someone who doesn't get too caught up. Like everyone's respectful of everyone's quote unquote position, but I don't want too much of a respecter of persons. I believe that whether you are an intern or a senior partner, your point of view and your experience lived and learned matters. That Mm -hmm. you got to center it though. You got to bring it. If you're not bringing that lived and learned experience, I'm not going to know about it. And that doesn't help me in the work. So I need you to share with me. I need people who learn to trust fall. Mm -hmm. You may not always know where you're going with me, but I want (laughs) you to be able to trust me and be able to fall into the vision. Mm -hmm. I like people who are nice people who can find kindness and empathy in the work and not take themselves too seriously because the work in this role can be very heavy and it can be hard, but so rewarding if you stick to it. Mm -hmm. I love global citizens. Mm-hmm. I have so much interest in people who have lived places, speak different languages, exposed to different cultures, religion backgrounds, like everything, the things that we need to make our world better. 
I think you, if you've lived abroad, if you've traveled abroad, if you decided to take six months off and travel the world, I love people who are taking that richness of their worldview mm-hmm. and bringing that into my work. So I find myself gravitating towards people like that more and more. I love that. And I think that leads perfectly into my last question of the episode, which is basically if there's one key message you could leave with our listeners today, what would it be? <laughs> I'm still stuck on stay ready because I can't get over that. That's stay ready. <laughs> you know, I, I keep hearing um, my good friend and partner in so many things via Asavero. Uh, in my head, she says, travel light, my friend, because the world has enough for us. Wow. And on the heels of what happened with Tyree Nichols and what we do in this work, you have to travel light. You have to pick up the pieces that serve you when they do and be ready to release things that can't take you further. If you carry too much, it'll be too heavy. That's the only reason I can keep showing up and doing this work. There is a world to immerse yourself in. There is curiosity to be sated. There are people to really build community with if you have enough room and space. Mm -hmm. So travel light enough where you can acquire and build, but also be ready and be open and be authentic to what you need to thrive. Have conversations, share the space, and just be open because life is too short. We have a limited amount of time here to do dope things. (laughs) And if we keep that forefront and we stay ready, then we won't have regrets. Yeah, that is the perfect intention to set off the year with. I so appreciate your time, Emily. Thank you for this incredible conversation, for your candor and your tips. To all of our listeners who want to stay connected with Emily, you can find her on LinkedIn and I'll be sure to tag her LinkedIn and Instagram in the show notes. Again, thank you so much, Emily. And thank you for the incredible work that you do day in and day out. It has such a positive impact on so many individuals, including myself. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and everyone happiest of New Year's and rest of the year to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Color Me PR podcast. I hope this conversation resonated with you and that you feel confident and inspired to communicate kindness in all that you do. Make sure to subscribe to hear the next conversation and follow at Color Me PR on socials for more updates. Don't forget, you can also find a link to my Patreon page on colormepr.ca to become a member of the Color Me PR community with access to exclusive content, discounts on merchandise, and a special shout-out on the next episode once you sign up. Thank you again for tuning in, and I'll be saving space for you at the table next month.